Welcome back everyone, it's Luke here. Um, you're listening to the podcast from Mo uh, called Moments. It's a place where uh, you can expect some really great minds, uh, those from HR, some forward-thinking consultants, and maybe a few curveballs. Uh, today we've got Barack, uh, so let's get going. So today we're with uh, Barack, who's Workforce Solutions Director at LHH. Uh, so maybe we'll just start off with just a little bit of background to you. So how did you end up here? And tell us a little bit about your work history. Sure, thanks. I am originally from Turkey. I, I have always been interested in uh, people aspects of business. I started a long time ago studying economics, but while I was studying, I was also into uh, personal development. I became an Anthony Robbins fan a long time ago and uh, got into psychology, human psychology, which naturally pulled me towards human side of uh, business. I initially started as an HR practitioner, then did some training consultancy work, and then went into academia. I studied uh, organizational behavior. behavior. I had a, a PhD uh, in organizational behavior, and uh, after PH, my PhD, I went on to become an academic in this area. Um, I got my tenure, and then I decided to leave academia. Um, and to become a consultant. So in the last five, six years, I've been helping organizations as a, a workforce consultant. I first worked at Accenture Strategy, uh, supporting Accenture's clients on uh, workforce transformations, and now I am uh, leading LHH's um, workforce solutions uh, practice uh, for UK and Ireland. So uh, we're here today to talk about uh, transformation, and we'll come on to what that actually means in a second. But I think um, for anyone that knows Mo, will know that we're really focused on the relationship that people, people being the important aspect here, have with work. And how we consider when we're asking people to do things differently through a period of transformation, what that means to them. So I want to talk to you first up about the people aspects of transformation and what you think lead generally to successful transformation when you think about it in the context of me as an individual. Yeah. So I'm Janet as a receptionist working for ABC Limited that's a huge company that knows that to deliver results it needs to do something differently. What's important? Great question. Actually, that is part of the problem why most transformations fail. You probably all the listeners would know about the famous transformation failure ratio. Most transformations do fail. Uh, if you look at different resources, some of them would say 75% of them fail, some of them would say 7%. But in, in general, the majority of transformations fail. And I think a big reason for that failure is what you mentioned about that Janet, that employee who is not actually made part of the transformation. And I think there are, there are two, two key examples I see a lot with my clients that, um, that explain why they fail in these transformations around the people aspects of it. One is uh, what I would frame as the story of transformation. Then executives tell the story of the need for change or the need for this transformation they are going through. They usually fail to consider that employee's perspective. And um, there, is, there is an interesting research uh, from McKinsey, um, McKinsey's Scott Keller, uh, who came up with this concept of meaning quotient that I really like. 
um, he explains why most transformations that tell only one story uh, fail and that one story is usually the company story meaning yeah. our company is going through tough times we need to change and when you think of that person Janet as an employee why should that change story be inspiring for that employee mm-hmm. most of the times executives think this is a good story and everybody should buy into it it's logical but it's not really emotionally appealing to employees so McKinsey research would talk about that in uh, with those five aspects they highlight they say it is better to talk about five stories other than just that one story about the the um, about the company you need to talk about the individual story what does the transformation mean for that individual and also what does that mean for the working team of that individual and then what does that mean for the customers and also what does that mean for the society so yes cost company story is important but it might only appeal to 20% of the employee group uh, but if you tell those five stories together then you you make it more meaningful for employees so that is one of the suggestions I take to my clients quite often that they need to consider the impact on different stakeholder groups and actually make the change of transformation or world more meaningful for them um, and then the other bit is it is not only about the story of it but also involving people uh, there is again I will refer to uh, research here as um, as an academic minded practitioner in this area I, I have been quite actually uh, able to see the reality of the transformations how they fail and how much actually evidence and research is there that explains clearly how companies can avoid these mistakes but the the reality doesn't change still most companies still keep doing the same mistakes and uh, the biggest mistake i see other than this story being emotional or not is about involving employees in owning the transformation or the change other than just telling them they should change something and again the research behind this I would refer to is um, behavioral economist Daniel Kahneman he he came up with the term actually psych- in psychology there is a term called endowment effect um, and he, Daniel Kahneman did an experiment to actually bring this to life and in the experiment what they did was what they, is it just before we go on what is the endowment effect? so it is the endowment effect is when somebody owns something they value it more okay. and and the experiment to prove this was they gave people a group of people a simple mug and they said they we are going to give this mug to you as a gift and what we would like to ask you now is the standard price of this mug in the market is, is five dollars uh, how much would you charge us if we wanted to buy this back from you what is the minimum amount you would ask for to sell this mug back to us and then they go to another group they ask a similar question they show them the mug they say here's a standard mug in the market the price for this is five uh, five dollars and what is the maximum price you would pay to buy this mug from us the first group ends up being at 5.5 level versus the second group ends up being available of five dollars the difference is there is no difference the same mug is given to both groups 
uh, the same description about the value of the mug is given to them, but one group values it more than the other. The only difference is the endowment. One group was given the mug as a gift. It's their own maga now, and they value it more. And the same, the same idea applies to transformations. Most executives think they have a change plan in mind, they have a transformation program, everybody should own and do it. But unless you make your employees own that change, they are not going to value it that much. They have to, if you want them to value the things you come up with, you need to make them own the change. So that is my other big lesson that I would uh, share with you. The, the interesting thing that, that that makes me think of is um, how that mug would be priced differently if my children were asked to decorate it. Exactly. And then you have the emotional vesting process of how much more would you be willing to sell it for? Or would you sell it? Exactly. Different, a completely different question is would you be willing to give it up? Exactly. Uh, which I think kind of lays in this point of emotional versus rational commitment. The, the interesting thing for me is uh, change or transformation programs, we'll come on to the difference in a second, um, for me are often... People often come at them from a rational standpoint. Mm -hmm. This is the right thing to do. We spoke to a company very recently. They're on a 10-year transformation program. They want to double the value of the business. They're now five years into that, and they're not on track. Mm -hmm. Okay, So they have to do something differently as a business, which is a rational choice because they're not going to double the value. Mm -hmm. But when you think of it, when you go to Janet, in our example, mm -hmm. Why are why is Janet or anyone else in the organisation going to do anything different? Begs a really fascinating question for me. Yeah. Um, the other thing is around um, the tell mindset versus pulling people in. Mm -hmm. Is um, often in the context of engagement, which we talk about a lot, mm -hmm. uh, often through transformation, is how much people feel like they're being told to be different versus how much people are invited to act and behave differently. I think it's quite fascinating. Exactly. Um, and I'll pull us back to this, com uh, this, this difference between change and transformation, because we've talked about the two. It'd be mm. good for you to define what we mean by change, what we mean by transformation, and how mm. they differ, if that's yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. Actually, that's a really good point about the the other people aspect of transformation that we uh, haven't covered yet, I think. Um, this is LHH research. We came up with a transformation study recently and uh, according to our global research, we defined change versus transformation in one particular way. I will, I will highlight that as an example here. Uh, how we define change is as being about fixing the past. Change is about becoming different, making something different, and it is reversible. Think about it as changing the case of your mobile phone. You can change the case. If you don't like it, you can put the case back on. So it's, it is reversible. You change something and it's quite, about, quite a lot about fixing the issues, right? You want to change something, you plan it, you know how to do the plan, implement the plan, and it works. Transformation, on the other hand, is about imagining the future. So it is not a, about um, applying something that you know will work. It is more about going to the future with 
ambiguity, uh, with uncertainty, but just being okay with that uh, ambiguity. And it's a, it is more about really a fundamental shift internally as well in the person, which, which is not reversible anymore. It is irreversible. Once you transformed, it is hard to go back. And, and that is the fundamental difference. And how I think this applies to organizations in terms of understanding the people side of transformation is that if it is done well, if organizations use transformational mindsets well, they have to make people part of the transformation. Imagining the future, going, navigating that ambiguity will require actually sensing everybody's feelings every day and working with them. Uh, so it's not the same as managing change. But managing change is usually more the norm in transformations. Most organizations unfortunately go with this transactional mindset of managing the transformation. They try to manage transformation with the change mindset where they have the full plan for what to do, when to do, and they think doing the, those steps will make it work. But actually it's not that, it can't be that plan. Transformational change can't be that plan because it's all about navigating the ambiguity. You can't see the future fully. And just to give an example, th there is, uh, with some of my former colleagues, I did some research where we looked at actually things that we know change management gurus would always watch for and assume is the right way to manage change. And we found actually not all the change mindsets work in transformation context. And the simple example here is communication. Uh, I, s some of the listeners would know John Cutter's famous uh, research from 20 years ago and he came up with the change model eight step process he highlighted again and again you can't under communicate during change you need to keep communicating keep communicating keep communicating it is right advice it might be valuable for some organizations in certain situations but what we found was communication can be harmful sometimes and it can be harmful especially when people are at a stage that where they don't believe in the vision for change. So if people are not believing the vision and you are over communicating that vision, you frustrate your people. So understanding that and acting based on that and rather than having that 12 month communication plan and acting on that, just sensing what is happening in the organization on a day to day basis and acting and managing transformation on that is a key differentiator for success. The, the, the funny thing in all of this uh, interpretation of research mm -hmm. is the assumed flow of communication is down the hierarchy rather than up it. True. Um, which I think is a really interesting way in which the industry tends to interpret what is meant by that. Exactly. Is the difference between tell versus conversation, right? Is if you were asked to do something differently in the street by somebody random, yeah. you'd probably ask them why or what's causing that to happen. Exactly. Um, and I can give an example on that too. This is part of my, uh, my practice that I worked at Accenture when we were looking at the successful transformations and trying to see what makes them successful. One of the biggest uh, predictors of that was uh, when leaders at the center basically at the middle level, not at the higher level, they were communicating up and down together rather than uh, the top-down communication yeah. was happening. And this is actually uh, Warren Perry published 
a book about this uh, where he explained it in detail and I think it's quite relevant to actually initiate change from the center of the organization rather than the top or uh, anywhere else. Yeah. One of the interesting things for me that we talk about a lot is about employee motivation. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I feel like I'm quite a simple being. And I do, do it for one of two reasons. One is because something's really easy or one is the reward on the other side is really great. Yeah. So I, th I would say that hopefully I'm representative of many people uh, that might be listening to this in terms of you do something because it's easy or you do something because you can see the other side is far better um, even sometimes when it's hard so you'll sacrifice it being really easy for something that's great on the other side mm -hmm. How, like what are the other dimensions by which people listening to this should think about uh, that would be important to an employee in that context Either this is made easy for you, mm -hmm. or this is made super exciting and rewarding for you on the other side. With, with a perhaps more recent hype term of managing the employee experience through mm -hmm. transformation. That's a big question, good question as well. I think there are so many dimensions related to that. Um, I'm thinking out loud, um, the one aspect is I think instead of managing their experience, if we try to understand what people are feeling mm -hmm. and act on that, that, that could be part of, the, part of the process of managing transformation better. Really understanding people's emotions can make a big difference. Uh, the other aspect is I think I would say would be around the dynamics between people. It's what do you mean? Ignored, what do you mean by that? It's often ignored how people relate to each other, which is basically right, related okay. to your your uh, relationship focus. It, when I, and when I say that, it is in terms of both organizational culture and climate, but also in terms of. Uh, how people are incentivized to interact, how the organization right. structured in a way that creates certain relationships in a positive way or in a negative way. Yeah. If silo mentality or the incentives are uh, win for pushed in that way, for example. For everyone, exactly. Time. So that creates lots of different dynamics that can make or break the flow of the transformation. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, one of the things that we often talk about is moments, mm -hmm. in terms of like moments of transition or moments that make you do something different or feel something different or even just think something different. Um, give us a sense of the importance of something abstracting or removing itself from normal work and how important it is to create real moments from the employee's perspective to make them go through that process of realization of why transform that's uh, another difficult question <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, but a good one I think I, I would try to simplify this not maybe in the context of transformation per se but more in general when I think about moments that make a difference I'm trying to apply that mindset now to uh, my own practice in life in um, about five years ago or so I remember this as almost yesterday. I had a moment at work once. Um, I had really 
dealt with a big challenge and it wasn't ever acknowledged how I dealt with it. It was a tough challenge and I did suffer through it and didn't feel anybody cared about what I did. Okay. And it was a tough moment. Yeah. And, and I went out of that moment again with a very simple action because my boss did something that was so amazing he it was just a simple act of recognition but it he did it in such a way that made me feel fully valued and that moment for me made that whole past experience valid right i justified yeah. the pain i went through and i think sometimes we don't understand the importance in, in the importance of those moments and uh, they do matter when yeah. when we experience it they matter uh, but somehow, sometimes we as managers might not think that it matters for others. So yeah. it's also a human fallacy, I think it's our bias. Uh, I think, yeah, that's how I would summarize. They do matter. Uh, it's hard to explain how and when they will matter. It's probably not always codified. That is the challenge most managers have these days. Yeah. Uh, but, but they do matter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you bridged, bridged me perfectly to my last question which is, I see forever flash up on my LinkedIn that 67%, 75%, a significant number of people leave their boss rather than their company, their employer, the brand that they work for. Mm. Um, what do you think is the role of a manager in transformation? Uh, and I caveat that with often organizations think about absolute clarity at the top, a gray blurry zone through the middle, and then impact felt at the bottom of a hierarchy. Mm. So give us a sense of what you think is most important for maybe a line manager that might be listening to this podcast. Yeah, I think this is also one of the topics I think a lot about because also as a former academic educator, I keep questioning what are we doing, what we are doing wrong in training our managers or future managers and Unfortunately, most of our academic education for management is focused on still that old mindset of creating shareholder value, companies are there to make money, that type of mentality, which is, which is really actually taking businesses away from their, what their real focus should be. But again, that's a different story. Um, but what I think that we should be teaching most to our managers is to care about others and that is the part that is missing a lot and again I have a lot of examples from also my past research around this there is a former colleague of mine uh, Ellen Kosek she did some research on this topic not during transformation but overall in certain organizations and she she did an intervention around um, helping employees um, feel that their family issues are taken care of by their uh, employers. It was a simple intervention though. It was asking every employee every day one personal question. Okay. So it was in a supermarket context. Cashiers were often changing jobs. Retention was a difficult issue. What they did was each store manager goes around talks to their employees and they gave them example questions as if they wouldn't know what to ask but they gave them example questions like a question like how is your your son doing how did 
your daughter's uh, concert go yesterday. It's simple things like that. But just one question a day for 30 days, they asked. And the engagement results skyrocketed in that organization. And yep. that is just one simple manager behavior that can have a huge impact on the employees. And I think that the, the reason this worked was employees felt that somebody cared about them yep. as a person rather than uh, yep. their performance only. Yeah, yeah, a means to reach the end goal, right? Mm -hmm. um, last question then would just be around um, more broadly relationships through transformation. And uh, we think about relationships in typically three constructs. Mm -hmm. One is uh, those that you kind of have to have. So we tend to have to have a boss. We typically have a few peers, at least in a team. Uh, and we normally have a leader. So that's a kind of mandatory set, if you like. Uh, the next would be uh, those that you opt for. So I've had mentors in the past. You don't have to have one of those, but they're really useful. Or a challenge network, for example, whereby you can go and say, got this situation, this is how I'm gonna deal with it, tell me why I'm wrong. Uh, and then third, a social group. So those who you wanna go for a beer with, or you wanna play football with, or you wanna go and learn to dance with. Um, any one of those things. Uh, it would be useful to just hear your views and opinions on how those relationships can be fundamentally important through transformation because that's the real human connection side of these big organizational change programs that you hear of. Exactly. Ideally, I would align all of those four layers together. Right. Four, right. three, you mentioned right. three. So the, all of those relationships should be almost one in my opinion. Okay. And when they are together, that makes a difference, right? If you can talk to your colleague about yeah. something personal and go out for a drink with your colleague, yeah. then that will make the pain of whatever change is happening in the organization more manageable too, because you yeah. feel you're sharing this with a friend or uh, you know, somebody you can talk to about uh, other aspects of your life. I think how I would say is try if an organization can bring all those fears together, that, that is when the people aspect of the transformation can be better addressed. Yeah, so we think of it for a term uh, of togetherness. One of our values is mm -hmm. how do you create a sense of togetherness, like shared experience, mm -hmm. shared achievement, like how does it mm -hmm. feel like you're all in this together without the resistance of uh, the leadership team, like it needs to mm -hmm. be with them rather than against them. Um, cool, that's us done, that's me out of questions. So yeah, thanks so much. I really appreciate you taking the time out to come share views, opinions, and some really interesting stuff with us. Uh, thanks ever so much. Sure. Thank you too. That's the end of another Moments podcast. Thanks ever so much for listening. Um, so just to recap, today we covered with Barack the people aspects of transformation, uh, some of the things that cause success in transformation and some of the things that lead to failures, uh, the difference between change and transformation. I thought that was quite interesting. Uh, and then the relationship between uh, an employee and their boss in transformation. Um, I thought it was really insightful. I hope you really enjoyed it. Uh, I encourage you to subscribe, look out for the next uh, podcast that we'll be releasing again soon. Um, and on the, on the topic of the relationship with your boss, if you thought that this was useful, please do share it with your boss or anyone else that you think it would be relevant. We're really trying to build a community and share insightful uh, things with you and uh, the community. So uh, I look forward to speaking to you again soon. And uh, thanks ever so much for listening.